الحمد لله فاطر الوجود من العدم وجاعل النور من الظلم ومخرج الصبر من الألم وملقي التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الأكرم ذو الشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم خير ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فنصلي ونسلم ونبارك على سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم إن أصدق حديث كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد بن عبد الله وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة في الدين ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أوصيكم وإياي بتقوى الله وحسن عباته Last time I stood up on this mimbar, I spoke about the importance of being good to our parents and the importance of treating them well and taking advantage of the time that we have with them. In this khutbah, I'm going to be talking about the other way around, about our relationship with our children. In Islam, the importance of being good to one's parents is so highly told. In many khutbas, in many halaqat, in many schools, we time and time again hear, be good to your parents, be good to your parents. And yes, it is an important part of Islam. But being good to your children is almost as important, if not as important. And be before going into the khutbah, into the crux of this khutbah, I want to begin with a story. In the time of Umar ibn Khattab when he was Amir al-Mu'mineen, a man came to him and he says, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, my son, he's a bad son to me. He treats me poorly. So Umar ibn Khattab, be the just individual that he was, he calls the son. And he says, why are you unjust to your father? Why are you not barun bihi? Kind to him, merciful to him. 
He says, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, Ali haququn alayhi. Do I have rights over my father? Qala, na'am, of course you have rights over your father. What are my rights, O Amir al-Mu'mineen? He says, you have three rights. The first right is that he chose a rightful, a righteous mother for you. That he gave you a good name. And third is that he teaches you something from the Qur'an. So the individual responds to Amir al-Mu'mineen. He says, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, he named me Dufda. He named me an insect, a type of insect. And my mother is a slave. And he has taught me nothing from the Qur'an. So Umar ibn Khattab stopped talking to the child. And he looked at the father and he says, You disrespected him before he disrespected you. You didn't give him his rights before he didn't give you yours. And this is a reminder to myself and to every one of us. That yes, in our lives we are told, yes, grow up, go to university, get a job, have children. But having children is a responsibility that we can't take lightly. And it's not something that we should take easily. And it begins even before we have kids. So the first piece of advice for those of us that are not yet married, choose a correct spouse. And for those of us that are married, spend time with your children. Teach your children what, it, what are the important characteristics in a spouse. And first, get them to have those characteristics. Allow them to live those characteristics and be that type of individual that you would want your child to marry. Number two, give your child a good name. Everyone has a portion. Their name plays a major role in who they are and how they see themselves and how they respect themselves. And this is why in today's day and age, one of the biggest things that impacts our youth is they're ashamed of their Islamic names. And the first thing that they do is they want to change it. They want to be from Muhammad to Mo, from this to that, just so that nobody knows that they're Muslim. As if they're ashamed of who they are. Consider the, psycho the psychology of this child. Having an, a beautiful name that they don't understand the meaning. Worst. They want to get rid of it. They want no one to know that, they're a part, that that's part of them. So it's our responsibility as parents to ingrain within them the beauty of their name and the beauty of why their name was chosen. Why did I give you this name, Muhammad or Ahmed or Sara or so on and so on and so forth? Because there are righteous people that come before you that had this name. And we want you to follow in their footsteps or whatever reason that you have. And this is something for the fathers in the room. For some strange reason in our cultures, in our societies, you are seen, or at least we feel as men many of the times, that we are lesser than if we express our love to our children. If we tell our children, whether they be our boys or our girls, that we love them. 
we feel lesser than. Or when we kiss them on, on their forehead or on their cheeks, it's almost as if we're, it's too hard, too difficult on us. And this is where the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, he shows us so beautifully how to treat one's child. The Prophet ﷺ was sitting with Ahad al-A'rab, one of the A'rab. His name was Al-Aqra' ibn Habis. And the Prophet ﷺ sees Al-Hasan coming in. And he goes and he kisses Al-Hasan. And Aqra' ibn Habis being an A'rabi jalt, like just an Arab man, a Bedouin. He was shocked at the Prophet ﷺ. You kiss your boys? He says, O Messenger of Allah, I have ten children. Ten children. Wallahi, I've never kissed one of them once. And the Prophet ﷺ, he looked at him confused. And he responded, Man la yarham la yurham. Whoever doesn't show mercy, mercy won't be shown to them. So ask yourself this question, brothers and sisters. Ask yourself this question, mothers and fathers. When was the last time we told our children that we love them? When was the last time that we hugged or embraced our children? When was the last time that they felt, they felt safe with us? Instead of feeling safe in their own rooms by themselves, on their phones doing God knows what. How are we surprised? That our children, when they become teenagers, they run away from us. When they, in their, in their youth, in their childhood, we don't embrace them and allow them to feel safe with us. Allow them to feel that they can ask us questions and not be afraid of our anger or our, our vitriol. And that goes to number, point number five. Have open dialogue with your children. Allow them to ask you whatever they please and question you about anything that they want. And the reason for that ever so particular in Canada is that they're being challenged day and day, day in and day out. Religion has been challenged and attacked day in and day out. And this is a struggle that we as parents might not have known. We might have grown up in a world where religion was commonplace, where everyone was either Muslim or Christian. But today you are looked at as an outsider, as an, as an alien almost. You believe in God? Are you crazy? Believe in science. And our children have to face that every single day. And the sad reality is, is because of the relationship, the strained relationship that we have with them, they're too scared to ask us questions. They're too scared to come to us and say, hey, I have been having these thoughts. And what ends up happening, and this is so saddening, is that when the child hits 17, 18 years of age, 19 years of age, they have their own thoughts and ideas and they even want to leave Islam. Because to them, Islam is a bunch of rules. But we haven't taught them the beauty of Islam. And this is what Ummina Aisha says in this next hadith. He says, She 
She says the first thing that was revealed at the beginning of Islam was talks about Jannah and Nar. Talks about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is Allah? Theology. Going back to the basics. And then focusing. She continues the hadith, the long hadith. She says, and then we focused on the ahkam, on the rules. But subhanallah, when we come to teach our children, we do it the other way around. We give them haram, 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 haram. But we don't tell them the beauty of this deen. We don't teach them to love Allah and His Messenger. And what it means to love Allah and His Messenger. So in there a question between rules and complete freedom. Who would choose rules? And this is the last point before our break. The last point is respecting their minds. The Prophet Wasallam, he did this so beautifully. He would look at young people and he would respect their minds even from a young age. And we know this from a hadith such as the hadith of Abdullah. <coughs> so the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas. The Prophet وسلم, Abdullah ibn Abbas narrates. The Prophet وسلم, with, I was traveling with him on a horse one day. And he says, Ya Ghulam, inni u'allimuka karimat. And the hadith is long. But the hadith goes into the depth of theology. And as we know, all these years later, the Prophet ﷺ taught Abdullah ibn Abbas, who just so that we're all aware, some narrations say that Abdullah ibn Abbas was no more than 11 or 12 years old when the Prophet ﷺ died. So how young was he when he was talking to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? How young was he? To the point where Abdullah ibn Abbas was known as Turjuman al-Qur'an. The one that gives tafsir of the Qur'an, go to Abdullah ibn Abbas. Because he heard from the Prophet and so on and so on. Do we respect our children's mind that way? Do we bring them in conversation? Do we talk to them as if they're adults? and give them the responsibility of adults? Or do we do the other way? Do we shelter them and pretend that they're just children? As if we want to put plastic wrap around them so that nothing hurts them. As if we're doing something good for them. When on the contrary, we're crippling them. We're not allowing them to think for themselves. Our responsibility as parents is to guide our children and to make them the best Muslims that they can be. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be good to our children. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله ولكم فاستغفروا إنه غفور رحيم. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات عمالنا ما يهدي الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا. So in this khutbah, we talk about the importance of being good to our children. The question now becomes, what's our homework? What are we going to do to change our lives today? Because I don't want this to be just theory, it has to be application. Ilm and amal. The first thing that we do for those of us that are not married, 
for those of us that are still single. The first thing that you're going to do is if your parents are still alive, go speak with your parents. Find out what are their characteristics of a good spouse and begin with yourself. Begin working on yourself to be a good individual, to have these characteristics. And then when it's time for you to get married, look for these characteristics in the person you are marrying. And if your parents aren't around, there's many resources online today. We have no more excuses. Our phones have gotten rid of all of our excuses. Number two, for those of us that are married and don't have children, our responsibility is to sit with our spouses and assess our lives and hold ourselves accountable and ask ourselves if we are going to bring children into this world, what do we have to do? How are we going to prepare? It's not just about having children. The goal isn't to have children for the sake of having children. The goal is to have children that grow up to be righteous. So that they become one of the three, three things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet has told us. That when the son of Adam dies, all of his sins stop, all of his good deeds stop. Except in one of three ways. And one of them, the first one that is narrated, A righteous child that makes dua for them. So speak to your spouse, how are we going to have a righteous child so that they pray for us, not pray against us? So they don't say, oh, my father or my mother, they were the worst. They taught me nothing from Islam. They taught me nothing from the Quran. Now for those of us that do have children, again, you must sit with your spouse, your partner, and assess how you are as a parent. What is your baseline? Do your children come to you when they have problems? Do your children speak with you regularly? When you come home, do they all run away to their rooms? Or are they excited and ecstatic for their father, for, for their father or their mother to be home? And if they're not ecstatic, it's not too late. It's not too late to bring back that relationship. To have a relationship with your children, it's never too late. And for those of us that have children that have gone older, reach out to them. Yes, it is their responsibility to reach out to us as the parents. Yes, it's their responsibility to have good connections with us. But as a parent, there's no shame in going to your child and showing mercy. There's no shame in coming to them and asking, how are you doing? or telling them, I love you, or embracing them. There's no shame in being kind and merciful to your children. Remembering the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Whoever doesn't show mercy, mercy won't be shown to them. And the last thing, the last thing to remember, respect your children's mind. Treat them like adults. Give them responsibility. You don't, our responsibility as parents is to guide our children along this path of life. Our responsibility isn't to take care of them 100%, because we can't. That's in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hands. 
But we do the best that we can to ensure that they come out as righteous as possible. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to have righteous children. And allow our children to grow up righteous to the point where they make dua for us. Allahumma hadina fi man hadayt. Wa'afina fi man afayt. Wa'tawallana fi man tawallayt. Allahumma hadina wahdi bina waj'alna sabban liman ihtada. Allahumma hadina wahdi bina waj'alna sabban liman ihtada. عباد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واستغفر